Good morning, NU Ideas. I'm Tai from 1201, and I'm here in the studio today with Mint from 1207. We're from the Broadcasting Club, of course, and we're here every Wednesday from 7:45 to 8:15. So, tune in for your weekly content and entertainment. This week is very special, actually. This is our first. Live broadcast. You can watch it at youtube.com/forwards/slash/atmuidsbroadcast, where we keep all of our episodes. As a reminder, that if any teachers are listening at this point, we know you are in a meeting right now, so feel free to switch off the PA system in your room. You can do that using the neat little volume knob right next to one of the doors. We would also like to thank Mr. Richard for checking our script today, and I would personally like to give a shout out to Pammy and Grace who are in the studio today handling the tech side. Well, since this is our first session of the second quarter, we would like to apologize for not informing everyone about the previous cancellation of our last session due to quarter one exams. Anyway, we would also like to say that we appreciate all your hard work and hope you've had enough rest to be ready for a brand new quarter. And a new quarter means a fresh new beginning, of course, with lots of fun and exciting adventures waiting for everyone. The beginning of a whole load of work too, right? I don't doubt you, Ty. Yeah. Now, some of you might notice. A lot of your friends are not at school today. I myself noticed this too. How about you, Ty? Yeah, same. I wonder why everyone's not at school today. Usually, there's very good attendance here, right? <laughs> well, today is the day of the biomedical admissions test, or BMAT, which is an aptitude test used for applying for medicine. Biomedical sciences and dentistry in many universities. Yeah, of course, that's where everybody is. It makes sense now, and well, even though you guys aren't here today, well, we appreciate all your hard work and effort, and hopefully, you'll score as high as your expectations, maybe even higher. By the way, we would like to inform you that tomorrow there's a university visit from the communications design department at Jalalongor. This is an online session held at room three one five from three fifteen to four p.m. And don't forget that the university visit from Rama is on Friday. In the seminar room during PAs. Moving on, we have a special news segment this week, where we bring you a brief update on the world. Today's news is about the Israel-Hamas war, which has recently started, and of course, our source is from CNN. Well, of course, as many of you may already know, on October seventh. 2023, Israel declared war on the Hamas 
after it carried out an unexpected attack by air, sea, and land. The surprise attack has led to over 1,300 deaths, according to Jonathan Corgus. It has also prompted a fatal volley of Israel airstrikes on Gaza that has killed more than 1,354 and injured at least 6,049. As they retreated, militants claimed that they have taken over 150 hostages and threatened to kill them if airstrikes target Gaza Israel is now reportedly preparing for a ground assault into Gaza. And meanwhile, a humanitarian crisis, humanitarian meaning about people, of course, is occurring rapidly in Gaza. Its only power station is stopped, and as a result, hospitals may run out of fuel very soon, leading to catastrophic conditions according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. Right now, more than three, thirty, sorry, 330,000 people in Gaza have been displaced since last Thursday. How catastrophic. How did it start? Well, Hamas called the operation Al-Aqsa Storm and said that it was a response to what it described as Israeli attacks on women the desecration of the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem, and the ongoing siege of Gaza. The operation started when Gaza militants fired thousands of rockets into Israel before breaking through the border fence and sending more militants into Israel's territory, where the Hamas government killed hundreds of people, including both soldiers and civilians. They also took a lot of hostages, some of them even from their own homes. And after all, it took about two days for Israeli troops to take back control as fighting continued on the streets. On Monday, the IDF, or Israeli Defense Forces, said that they have retaken control of all the Israel communities on the southern border after the fighting has ended. Its spokesman said that there were bodies of Hamas fighters who have been recovered ever since Sunday. The attacks were unexpected, both in tactic and scale, because Israel has never fought with its enemies in a street battle since the Arab-Israeli War in 1948. It has never faced a terror attack this big, especially one that has killed this many civilians. While Hamas has kidnapped Israelis before, it had never taken this many hostages at once, including children and the elderly. Yeah. The situation about the war in Hamas feels so tense right now to me, and I hope it ends soon and people aren't killed. Well, our hearts go out to those who are suffering because of the war, or are related to it. Me too. But that's not all. The war has also impacted Thai citizens. As of Sunday, according to the Foreign Affairs Ministry, two more Thais have been confirmed killed.
during the Hamas attacks, with four more injured and three more kidnapped, making the total time death toll 29, with 13 injuries and 18 kidnappings. A spokeswoman from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs said last Wednesday that fighting continues with losses on both sides. As of last Wednesday, there were about 30,000 ties in Israel. Approximately 7,000 Thai workers wanted to come back to Thailand, and 51 had confirmed to remain in Israel. Yeah. By the way, I'm sorry to interject, but I would also like to state that we are still working out some kinks in the system. So, if you have any problems with the volume or how the PA system is working, please contact us either through the Google form or from one of our links. You can find them literally in the line group because we will be posting them soon. And to continue on with our content, as for evacuations, the spokeswoman for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has said that authorities are working hard to transport those who want to come back as soon as possible. However, we have yet to find a comprehensive update on the situation. Wow, that is worrisome indeed. We hope they return home safely. Me too. I hope that this brief introduction has updated you on the war right now. But remember, always look for updates. War is always a changing landscape. And I think that's all for the Israel Hamas war today. Don't be afraid to Google it, because even though war is not a good thing, we need to stay informed to make good decisions. And anyway, I would like to move on to our next topic today, which is actually of an event in Thailand, which you have likely heard about, and it's hinted at by our musical choices today. Anyway, a further hint is that this week's quote is, they say the kingdom is like a pyramid, the king on top and the people below. But in this country, it is upside down. And of course, the quote is from King Romanan, which is related to our topic today. As you may know, on the 13th of this month, seven years ago, King Ramanain, also now known as Prabhat Samdet Prabhom Sanaka Tibet Mahapunipon Adulianded Parom Nanabapit, passed away peacefully at Sirirat Hospital, leaving a unique legacy behind, both for Thailand and the world. The following is a short excerpt from a Bangkok Post article. For seven decades, His Majesty King Pumipon Adunyane was Thailand's guiding light, the monarch, regarded far and wide as father to the nation, took the country out of several deadly terrors with his wise counsel. His fortitude and devotion to human development were an inspiration to all. Regardless of the differences and disparities across Thai society, 
His Majesty was a sol solitary constant, a beacon of hope for ties, rich and poor, young and rural farmers and urban residents alike. His Majesty, King Pumipon's selflessness, generosity, and compassion will always be remembered. To honor the monarch, Thais must learn to follow his footsteps and carry on his royal legacies. And that is the end of our excerpt. Next, we want to talk a bit about our topic, which is about King Ramanai's royal projects. We chose the topic in remembrance of the achievements of His Majesty the King Pumipun Atuliyadeh, also known as the Gareth King, or King Ramanain the Fur. Sorry, King Ramanain. But first, let's give you a brief biography about his life. Um, King Ramanain was born on December 5th, 1927, at Cambridge Hospital, now known as Mount Auburn Hospital in the United States. He was the youngest son of Prince Mahidol Adunyade and Princess Sina Kalinhira Barora And in 1928, he moved to Thailand after his father obtained a diploma from Harvard. He briefly attended school in Bangkok until 1933 when his family moved to Switzerland. Then, in 1934, he got his first camera, which became the beginning of his lifelong enthusiasm for photography. Later, in 1942, King Pumipo became interested in jazz and started playing the saxophone. His passion in playing the saxophone continued throughout his life, and we can tell by looking at his various compositions like Love in the Spring, Love at Sundown, and Candlelight Blues, which we have played before our episode today, and we'll play after. So look out for them, because they are quite masterpieces in their own way. But other than music, he also received a high school diploma with a major in French, literature, Latin, and Greek, and he began studying sciences at the University of Lausanne and returned to Thailand when World War II ended. King Pumipon ascended the throne after the death of his brother on June 9, 1946. He returned to Switzerland again before the end of the 100-day mourning period. Regardless of his interest in science and technology, he enrolled in political science in preparation for his duties. In 1948, he was driving a Fiat Topolino on the Geneva-Lausanne Road when he had an accident and was hospitalized. While he was hospitalized, Queen Sirikit visited him frequently, and he met Queen Sirikit's mother, who asked her to continue her studies in London so they could get to know each other better. And these two finally got married on April 28, 1950, just a week before his coronation. Their wedding was described by the New York Times as, quote, 
the shortest and simplest royal wedding, end quote. Then, in 1945, they gave birth to their first daughter, Princess Ubon Ratchakanya Sirindi Watanaya Panawadi. Then, in 1952, they had their first son, King Mahang on July 28, 1952. He later becomes the 10th monarch of the Jeffrey dynasty. On April 2nd, 1955, Queen Sirikin gave birth to Her Royal Highness Mahatrakhi Sirikon, so known as the Princess Royal. And finally, he gave, sorry, on July 4th, 1957, Queen Sirikin gave birth to her royal and his princess Julalongkorn Balaylak Makarabasakumari. Moving on to his coronation ceremony. After the long-delayed royal formation ceremony of King Ahantamahidori, Huimhon was finally crowned the King of Thailand on May 5, 1950, in the Paisan Hasin Hall in the Grand Palace. During the ceremony, he promised to reign with righteousness for the benefit and happiness of the Siamese people. On the same day, King Huimipun's consort was made queen, and the date of his coronation is celebrated every year on the 5th of May. The two of them spent their honeymoon in Hua Hin before the king returned to complete his studies and came back to Thailand in 1951. And, of course, King Rama Knight has worked on many projects which improve the quality of life in Thailand. Throughout his lifetime, he has done over 4,000 projects and where he demonstrates his diligence and his dedication to the happiness of the people in Thailand. Since we don't have that much time today, we chose a few of the most famous ones to talk about in depth. So the first project we are going to talk about is the Changwoman Royal Project in February. This project was initiated in 2009 on 99 acres of land. It was an experimental farm for testing a wide variety of experimental crops. Its name was initiated when His Majesty King Rama IX was at Flygongwon Palace and a villager gave him a sweet potato which he asked his worker to put on a scale in his room before traveling to Bangkok. After he returned, he saw that the potato sprouted, so he put it in a pot in the palace and asked his workers to find a space for trying to grow some more. This was because he realized that sweet potatoes can grow almost everywhere. But that was not the only crop in his project. Some of the crops grown at the royal project also include bananas, rice, rubber, and over 40 species of vegetables. All these crops are grown organically without any chemicals too. 
Yes, that is quite nice. As we have come to realize that many pesticides and many herbicides often end up being toxic. However, it's not too much of a concern when you're eating normal quantities of them, anyways. But uh, this this is just to say he's done something special. Uh, next, we are going to talk about how the shampoo amount takes advantage of its location. Because, of course, it's on the hills. So, it builds some windmills to generate power for the project and provide some for the local grid as well. And other than providing power, Changwoman Project also provides milk because they have a dairy farm with nearly 40 cows. Well, and of course, if you want to buy any of the milk, you can buy it at the Changwoman shop in Royal Markets, along with many other places that may carry the milk. Um, the next project we're going to talk about is the Royal Rainmaking Project. In November 1955, King Hong proposed a solution to the effects of the drought by making artificial rain. The program is running by the Department of Royal Rainmaking and Agricultural Aviation. The King discovered that 82% of the Thai agricultural land relied on rainfall, which is why most farmers couldn't grow their crops during the drought. Although some evidence suggested that class seeding does not help with the drought, the first rainmaking attempt was made in Kaoyai when dry ice flakes dispersed over the clouds with some wet rainfall reported. It appeared to actually work. So with this knowledge, in 1971, the government established the Artificial Rainmaking and Development Project. This, pro this project included over three techniques. First, agitation was seeding hygroscopic or water-absorbing chemicals to stimulate a mass of air to rise higher to increase the humidity to help form more rain clouds. Next, fattening, which was done by reversing exothermic or heat-producing hygroscopic chemicals to make the water droplets actually start to condense. Finally, a plane flies through the heavy clouds with which they call attacking, and this leads to the final formation of raindrops. That is a whole load of projects he had achieved in his lifetime. But unfortunately, we are not able to cover them all, as we don't have enough time. And King Kumipon Adoliade finally passed away on October 13, 2016, at 1552 local time in Thailand at the age of 88, reigning for 70 years and 126 days, the longest of all the Thai monarchs. The following day, his body was moved to the Grand Palace for the customary bathing ritual. Many people 
gathered among the root to show affection and respect to people called the king of the kings. After his death, all Thai citizens and tourists were encouraged to wear black and white clothing to show respect for 30 days. Up to about November 13th, all government employees wore black and white at work for almost a year. Sorry, for actually a year. And in addition, some forms of entertainment were suspended and fireworks weren't allowed for the following New Year's celebration. The king's body finally laid in state at the deceit Mahabasa throne hall, the grand palace for a period of one year of daily rites for a period of 100 days. As in the funerals of the king's mother and sisters, the king's body was not physically placed in the royal funerary urn as was customary. Instead, the coffin which housed the body was placed behind the pedestal playing the royal urn. Special rites attended by King Pachitarongan were held to mark the 7th, 15th, 50th, and 100th day since the king's death. After the 15th day, the public were allowed to pay their respects and attend the lying in state in the Grand Palace. The public came from all over the country to pay their respects, forming lines over four kilometers long, long days and nights. Many volunteers donated their time and money in selfless acts to set up free booths to help visitors, from providing foods and drinks to medical aid, all for free. Even in his death, Rama Nine has brought the country even closer together. The impacts of this death was monumental. By the end of the loud public attendance on October 5th, 2017, over 12 million people had paid their respects in person, a historic record crowd that included, among others, foreign tourists and expats living in Thailand. Forbes lists broke an all-time attendance record and left an estimated 890 million Thai baht in donations for the royal charity activities. Um, finally, the royal cremation ceremony was held in the late evening of 26th October 2017. The country stood still. Even 7-Elevens were closed all over the country to allow their employers to pay respect. The actual cremation was held for about five days, but the um, the real one wasn't on television. Following the actual cremation, his ashes were taken to the Grand Palace. His royal remains were kept at the Dabri Mahabrasad Throne Hall, and his royal ashes were kept at the Royal Cemetery of Wat Rajabopit and the Wat Bawaniwebihong Royal Temple. Following the ceremony, most Thai people returned to wear regular colored clothes and waited for the coronation ceremony of King Rama X. Unfortunately, we have to stop our episode here. 
because we have run out of time. However, before we go, I would like to leave you with our contact form, which is bit.ly slash broadcast. And also, please don't hesitate to follow us on YouTube at NUIDS broadcast or Instagram, the same tag. Well, anyway, that's it for today. We hope that this content that we gave away will be useful into giving some perspective as to the life and pasting of His Majesty the King, Bumipon Andulayadeh, especially with how he was such a well-respected king all around the world and how his world projects and teachings have influenced who we are today. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to visit youtube.com slash M-U-I-D-S broadcast for our episodes. See you next Wednesday, and goodbye.